What's going on, everybody? Howdy, y'all. We are back. Hello. This, oh, hey. <laughs> this is episode 117 of the Dark Windows podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin. And I'm not Kevin. Wow, that's original, because Seth used to do that all the time. <laughs> I'm sitting in his chair. Filler. <sighs> and I'm Shelby, and I'm famous. Yeah. You guys oh, got, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You guys, go you guys got a big head on her now all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. Good thing we're in a big room. Yeah. It's swelling up. Bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'm going to scare the shit out of her tonight, so that's the goal. <laughs> that's that's the game plan for this one. I doubt it. I love it. I'm hoping so. You won't scare me. I don't care if I scare you. I want to. I want to scare her, and I hope I can scare some other people out there. Okay, fine. Try. So, you guys ready? We're ready. Okay. So we're gonna turn the lights out. Spoopy in here. What's that? Are we gonna make it spoopy? It is. I'm gonna turn the lights off right now. So what? What? What are we covering this week? For this episode, I'm gonna read you guys. Well, well, this is episode number two for the week, right? Yes. So. But I'm gonna read you guys uh, an account of a haunting. Of a haunting. It's one of the scarier ones I've read recently. Um, I just found out about it about three months ago. It happened quite a while ago. Okay. But it scared me learning about it. Where is this haunting? I need to know. Let me just get into it here, okay? All right. Life for Stephen Lachance had been rough for the past few years. After his wife had given birth to the couple's three children, Lydia, Michael, and Matthew, he came home one day and found his wife sitting on the couch with a strange look in her eyes. This was right around four years after Matthew had been born, and when he asked her what was wrong, she told him she was leaving. It's not that I want to divorce you. I want to divorce the children. I never wanted to be a mother. I did that for you. You always knew you wanted to be a father. It was and is not for me. I can't do it. I try and try, but I can't seem to do it. This is the most right thing I can do for them and for you. This is about me. She stood up and started across the room and spoke again. You have until Friday to find some place for you and the children to live. I haven't paid rent in six months, and they're turning the electricity off tomorrow. Well, that's shitty. For a man that stood six foot seven, he felt tiny with this revelation. Not only was his wife leaving him, more importantly, she was leaving the children, and she had been stealing the money that he was earning to help keep a roof over their heads and food in their stomachs. He and the kids each packed what they could into small boxes and bags and moved in with his parents for the next six months while he searched for a new home for his family. Even though his parents would have done anything they could to help, he needed to be on his own. He needed space for him and his children. Understandable. Mm -hmm. They found a series of places to live over the next few years, including a rowdy apartment complex where the landlord's daughter and boyfriend lived directly above them. And when they weren't getting into drunken arguments, she was often listening into the Lachance family through the floor, and she would report any sort of rule infraction, real or otherwise, to her father. Fucking creeper. Yeah, what a fucking douche. Bitch. Stephen would eventually get his family out of there after a couple of years and into a little house in Union, Missouri. They would only be in this house for about a year due to some external circumstances. The landlord's cousin's lived basically in the backyard in a small house on the same property. These are the kind of folks that hung their clothes out to wash in the rain, but the worst part was that one of them was a, was a creep. He was a peeping Tom. Hmm. One day, Steve's mom had been watching the kids and noticed this creep staring in through the window at them. When Steve found out about it, when Steve found out about it from his mom, he threatened to kill the guy and started looking for another place. Understandable. Again, he's a big dude. He probably would have fucked this dude up. Yeah. Before he could find another place, Stephen has his first paranormal experience. 
He was getting ready for a night out with some buddies. Uh, the kids were at his parents' house. So he gets out of the shower. He's drying off, walks to the kitchen to get a drink of water. And he stands dumbfounded in the center of the kitchen as soon as he turns the light on. Every cabinet in the kitchen's wide open. Now, being the father of three young kids, he just assumed that his kids were either being lazy or trying to pull a prank on him. And he went and closed all the doors. I thought they weren't there. No, exactly. (laughs) He found out only after they had moved out of the house that the previous resident had died right there in the kitchen. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. She'd been dead on the dirty linoleum floor for four days before anyone found her body. (laughs) He was still more certain that the house was haunted by forgetful kids than the ghost of an old dead woman. From here, they moved into another shitty little apartment with stoner college kids below them and a very, very noisy and a very nosy landlord above them who would do, quote, inspections. And during these, she would go through people's personal items while, quote, checking that how closet doors and dresser drawers were working. Which, fuck that. That's That's got to be the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, we're just coming in to check your apartment out, but I'm also going to go through your socks and shit. One day while sitting at the table having a coffee, Steve finds an ad in the paper. Three-bedroom house for rent in Union. Full in-town living. Near most schools in the city park. Perfect for families. Not bad. A full country kitchen with up-to-date amenities. Large living and dining area with original woodwork intact. Mm. Two bathrooms with mudroom. Full basement with fruit cellar attached. Large front porch and backyard, perfect for children. The right house at the right price for the right family. So at this point, he decides to reach out and try to set up a walkthrough of this place. After he contacts the landlord, he finds out that there's an upcoming open house, which he didn't find very comforting. Even less when he found that they were only asking $600 a month for this place. This got this kind of gets the the wheels turning thinking this place has got to be a shed basically. There can't mm-hmm. be anything here. It's got to be tiny. So being a smart guy, Steve decides that he's going to show up to the open house 20 minutes early so he could fill out his application first. When he pulls into the driveway, he was pleasantly surprised. The large white house had a pair of large oak trees in the front yard that shaded nearly the entire front lawn and porch. Steve and his daughter Lydia were given a tour of the house. Uh, and, uh, were given a tour of the house and the property by a handyman before meeting a, na- a man by the name of Carl Winters, who was the landlord. So this this was a normal tactic that he would take where when they would go to look at someplace, he would only take Lydia with him because they see single dad with his daughter. They don't see single dad All of his and kids. a herd of children, yeah. <laughs> you know? So... That was kind of a kind of a tactic that he used a lot to try to find new places That's to smart. live. Exactly. So after talking to Mr. Winters for a few minutes, Steve handed over his application and him and Lydia left. Here's where things start getting really strange. The night of the open house, Stephen was woken up by the sound of his 10-year-old son Matthew screaming. As he sat there listening, the sounds of bare feet headed for his room followed at a quick pace. He heard Matthew's voice, Daddy, Daddy, he was in my room. He said, as he snapped the light on, he's trying to calm his son down. Who was in your room, Matt? The man. Steve walked uh, walked with him back to his room and told Michael and Lydia that everything was fine because they had poked their heads out to 
see why their brother's screaming, obviously. He, you know, he reassures him, everything's fine, everything's fine. Matt had a bad dream. No big deal. So he went with Matt, and he did his, uh, you know, his dad thing, checking for monsters under the bed in the closet. Doesn't find anything. Well, in the room, he gets Matt back into bed, and he sits up, points into the corner of the room, and says, I saw him. He was standing right there. And he points right into the corner behind Steven. And obviously, there's nobody there. And Matt says, Daddy, I really did see somebody. So Steve, you know, obviously concerned for his sons. Like, buddy, you had a bad dream. No big deal. Let's go back to bed. So he gets him tucked back into bed. And uh, Matt asked him to leave the lights on. He did so. And he went out to the kitchen and got a glass of water. Comes back, gives him a drink, finishes the water himself and says, okay, bud, lights out. So as he's looking down the hall towards his own room, he snaps the lights off in Matt's room. Just as the lights go out, he sees the shadow of a man run across the hallway in front of him. Fuck that. And he doesn't really know what to think of it. He just kind of laughs it off. Matt, Matt's like... <laughs> Casually laughing. Yeah, it's like, like ah, whatever, no big, no big deal. deal. The littlest thing happens in our house and I'm fucking yeah. shit my pants. <laughs> so Matt asks him, why, why are you laughing? He goes, oh, nothing. I'm just, I'm laughing at you, you goof. You know, basically. So... He would return to his bed, and now it was Steven's turn for a nightmare. It was one of those dreams where you're not sure if you're fully awake or if you're fully asleep. As he laid there, not sure if he was awake or still dreaming, he heard a voice, Look at me. Look at me. The voice was much more insistent and carried an air of authority the second time. See me. It said again from the dark. Yeah. You're creeping me out. <laughs> he raised himself up and asked, Who's there? Who is there? He gets no response. Asks again. Again, gets no response. So Steve has convinced himself again. He's hearing things and lays back down. He closes his eyes, and just as he does, he feels an immediate pressure on his chest. He felt someone or something pushing him down, pinning him into the bed. You know you want to look at me. The voice said, Look at me, for I am glorious. Stephen whispers, Please, God, but was interrupted. God is not here, Stephen. God doesn't exist. You've said it yourself, haven't you? The pressure increases. The pressure increased to the point that Steve could not breathe. Look at me, the voice says again, this time with a very commanding tone. Stephen obeyed. He opens his eyes, and he saw it. The whites of its eyes glowed in the dark. I began to struggle, but could not get away. With each effort, I was crushed deeper into my bed. I saw its white, ghostly hands right before I felt them wrap around my neck. The creature spoke again and raised its face. God is not here, Stephen. And he saw the face of Jesus Christ, who looked like he had been possessed by a demon, and screamed himself awake. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> the next Sunday, Stephen gets a phone call he didn't expect to receive. He and his family had been selected to move into the home, and Mr. Winters insisted that they meet at a restaurant to sign all the paperwork, um, you know, all the all of your opening paperwork and all that. Um, he wants to meet him at two o'clock in the afternoon. And Steve basically tells him, I can't make it. I can't do it then because I have to work. It's going to have to be later in the day. So Mr. Winters gets kind of weird on the phone and says, well, it'll, it'll have to be before the sun goes down. I don't like driving after dark. The first night in the house, the family spent the night sleeping in the living room. Uh, after a long day of moving, the last thing Steven had planned on was setting up beds. 
So they basically just have the mattresses dragged into the living room. Everybody sleeps on the floor. No big deal. The following day, without the strange landlord around, he started noticing some strange things of his own in the house. He found that all of the interior doors had old-style hook and eye latches on them, on the outside of the doors. Not to keep something out, but possibly to keep something in. Hmm. Stephen and Lydia got the kitchen unpacked and all put away, and Matt came in looking for lunch. Not wanting to make more of a mess than they already had, they decided, let's go get some burgers. Sure, no problem, right? So before they left, Lydia found a picture of two angels that she thought would be perfect in the living room. So Steve grabs a hammer and a nail, goes in, drives it into a stud, hangs it up, straightens it, and walks away. As they leave the room, the picture crashes to the ground. He turns and picks it up, you know, checks the hanger to make sure maybe he, you know, maybe something broke loose in the hanger, hangs it back up, turns and it falls again. This time he's getting a little irritated, hangs it back up, and as he does, he feels a rush of air pass him, and then the picture falls and hits him in the feet. He hangs it back up again, points at it and says, stay there, damn it. And as he walked away, it stayed. As Stephen and Lydia stepped to the porch, the boys got his attention and told him that they had been watching people walk down the sidewalk. Obviously, you know, it's the same shit that kids do anywhere. You know, they're at this point in time, I believe they were uh, uh, like eight and five or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just being kids. So they're watching these people walk down the sidewalk and they see this old guy coming down. And just before he gets to their house, he crosses the street. And the boys had said it was kind of funny because everybody had done the same thing when they got near that house. That night, after a dinner of frozen pizza, Steve assembled Lydia's bed for her because she was really excited to finally have her own room for the first time in a long time. After hers, he went and got his bed set up and told the boys, basically, you guys are going to sleep with me because we're going to get rid of your bunk beds. We're going to get you guys each a single bed because you're outgrowing the bunk beds. So Steve gets the boys into bed. In some time in the night, Lydia had made her way downstairs in, into bed with her father and brothers. Stephen asked her what was wrong. He knew how excited she had been for her own room, so he thought this was kind of strange. She answers, I was excited, but my closet door kept opening up, and it sounded like boxes were moving around in the other room. I got down here. I got scared, and I came down here. The next day, the whole family went out to do some yard work, which, to, to his surprise, the kids were actually really excited for So Stephen and Lydia are raking, and Matt and Michael decide that the grass near the sidewalk needs to be watered. So Stephen tells the boys, go down to the basement, get the garden hose, bring it back up. I'll get it all hooked up and let you guys water the grass. No problem. I'm assuming being that age and being little boys, they were probably more excited to play with the garden hose than they were to actually water anything. But mm-hmm. Or go in the basement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so after a few minutes, Michael reemerges from the house by himself. Where's your brother? Stephen asks. Michael shrugged. He should be right behind me. He no more than finished that thought, and they heard Matt screaming from the house. Stephen drops his rake and sprints into the house through the living room and into the kitchen, where Matt is standing frozen in fear and pointing. Stephen follows his son's point, <clears throat> and Matt whispers, Monster, uh, th- there's a monster in the basement. The other kids followed their father in, and they, you know, obvi- they start laughing at him, thinking he's seeing things. 
Steven grabs the knob to go down to the basement and Matt screams, no dad, there's a monster in the basement. It chased me up the stairs. So Steven being a dad, being dad goes, we're going to go down to the basement and check. He goes down, checks, no basement. He goes, come on, come down, come down. Let me show you. And Matt refused and stays right in the kitchen. So nothing in the basement. Nothing in the basement. The rest of the day went off without a hitch. After a long day of yard work and monster hunting, the LaChance family made a food run. When they got home with their Taco Bell, Stephen noticed that all the lights in the house were on. He told the kids, basically, if you're planning on leaving lights on the entire time we live here, you better get jobs to help me pay the electric bill. <laughs> Such you a know? dad thing to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the only, the, the only thing more dad thing to say than that would be, you know, I'm not heating the outdoors or he can feel the temperature change by one degree when somebody's fucking with the thermostat. Yep. Yep, that's a dad move, too. It's a real Jerry move. It is a Jerry move. Oh, man. Oh, my dad. <laughs> I ain't heating the fucking garage from here. Sorry. <laughs> they step inside the house, and it was so cold that Stephen felt a chill crawl up his spine. Now, I imagine the kids said, no, Dad, we didn't leave all the lights on. Right. We turned them off. Right. And, and of course, being a dad, you go, no, you didn't. Don't lie to me. God damn and, it. And, uh, and the monster in the bat basement, you know, Stephen <laughs> chalked it up to to kids' imagination yep. going wild yes. because it's a new place, you know. Oh, well, all right. It's new place, scary basement. My first thought would be maybe he rounded the corner and there was like an old jacket hanging up on a nail or something. He just saw it quick. I've done, I've you know, caught stuff for like sure. that and freaked myself out. So Stephen readjusts the AC and everybody goes and sits down at the table and has their dinner. After eating, Stephen uh, goes into the family room and starts folding some laundry. And Matt walks by and said he had to go to the bathroom. Whatever. No big deal. Don't need to know that. You don't need to announce it, you know. Seconds later, Matt starts screaming and Stephen catches him midair as he runs back through the through the door into the kitchen. Matt, who's completely winded at this point, says, it came for me again. I left the, I left the bathroom door open so I could hear what you guys were doing. I looked up the stairs and there it was. It was horrible. It came rushing down the stairs at me. And Stephen's like trying to soothe the son. He goes, what did you see, buddy? It was a monster, Dad. It was a clown. It came after me. Again, the other two kids at this point in time come to investigate and again start laughing, thinking that their brother's full of shit, being a little kid. That night, with the, the boys bunked down with him again, Stephen heard a noise and sat up in his bed. As his eyes adjusted to the darkness, he made out the figure of an old man in a red flannel shirt, just standing there, motionless, expressionless, staring at them. He convinced himself that he was seeing things and went back to sleep. So he must have had enough light that <laughs> yeah. in in the right to be able to see to make yeah, out the color. If it's, if well, it's I've dark. definitely done like my mind has made me see things that I know weren't actually there. Over the next week or so, nothing spectacular happened aside from the fact that he would make sure no lights were on when he left the house in the morning, and when he and the kids would get home at night, every light in the house would be on again. Every single night. He ends up having his father come over and take a look at some of the electrical uh, systems, basically trying to see if he can figure anything out. His dad was pretty handy. Um, you know, typical dad shit, working on cars, fixing shit around the house, you know, so he, he might know a thing or two about trying to uh, trying to figure out some electrical issues. Yeah, so basically making sure the safety of his family, that there's no short or right. anything in the wiring. That makes sense. Right. So his dad came over and found nothing particularly wrong with the wiring or the lights um, or anything like that. 
They go down to the basement and he checks the fuse box and he finds nothing there either. The only thing he found a little strange was that the fuse, like the circuit box, the fuse box itself, didn't have a door on it. So he told it, you know, you may want to get your landlord to have him come out and replace the door on it because that might be throwing something off there. You might be getting dirt into a fuse or something mm-hmm. and it's throwing throwing was things. It actually, a fuse box or was it a like circuit a breaker box? Breaker, oh, like an actual breaker panel. I'm assuming like a breaker box. Because, I mean, they, you know, some old, if it's an old house, it would have a fuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they haven't switched it over yet. Like a knob and tooth wiring. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, back, you know, as you would say, back 100 years ago for me. <laughs> But I mean, I remember back before dial-up. Yeah, back. <laughs> hey, I do remember back before dial-up. <laughs> I do when there too, was actually. nothing. <laughs> you know that that uh, you know the whole tube, uh, the whole uh, fuses that they used to put in because the fuse popped, you had to re- go and you know replace it. So I mean, you know, if that was like that, that's pretty old fucking house. As they inspected the rest of the basement, Stephen's dad pointed out something he hadn't noticed in the entire time he'd been in the house and every time he'd been in the basement. He points at the wall to a shower head jutting out of it. He says, that's a butcher's shower. That's what farmers used to use uh, to clean up after slaughtering before they went upstairs with their wives. Hmm. You don't see those a lot anymore. And right here, we're going to take a real quick break and we're going to come back and finish this story off. The following week, after going to a cookout at his parents' house to welcome back his brother, who had flown back in from Washington to visit, Stephen and the kids got home after dark. Yet again, every light in the house is on. So they're starting up the stairs. The kids beat him to the door. And as he's making his way up the porch stairs, he looks up and sees someone looking out the window down at them. Trying to get him and the kids' minds off of everything that had been going on, he decides ice cream's in order. Ice cream fixes everything. Fuck yeah, it I'm does. convinced of this. <laughs> After ice cream, they set up something that destroys everything. They get Monopoly out and set it up on the table. No, bad idea. <sighs> that, ruins, that, yeah, that ruins families. It takes so fucking long. That fucking game. So after the typical arguments over who's banker and who gets what piece, this, that, the other, they start playing and they're just having fun. They're having a, a just a good family game night, which I'm assuming... This family has not had a lot of real good nights in the last few years with everything that's gone on. Of course. Um, one of these stories that I read that I didn't put in here was a conversation that he had had with his wife after they were divorced, where she said she had more than once considered just leaving the kids in a grocery store when she brought them in there one day and just leaving. Wow, that's fucked up. Fully expecting that someone would find the kids and return them to him, just abandoning their kids. So, obviously, they didn't have a lot of contact with their mother, and after a while, they didn't really care, because she's, you know, not really a good mom. Anyway, so as they're sitting there playing, Stephen catches something in the corner of his vision. He noticed a flash of movement in the doorway that led to the family room. Could have just been dust, could have been your imagination, whatever. He turns fully and looks at it, and it's still standing there. The full figure of a man backlit by the light of the kitchen. He was solid in form, but looked to be made up of churning, dark gray, and black smoke. He looked back down to the game board, and it was go- I looked back up, and it was gone. He tries to rationalize everything. I'm seeing things, right? He, he looks back up. I, I have to be seeing things. He looks back up, 
and the man is back and he's moving directly towards the table. He made it to the center of the family room and stopped and just stares directly at Stephen. He could feel the challenging stare from the entity as the two remained locked together for what seemed like hours, and then the entity just completely melts away out of sight. Stephen, as calmly as possible, gets the kids and heads for the car. So as they're on their way out the door, his hands are shaking so badly he can barely pick up the keys as he's getting everybody out. His daughter, Lydia, who is the oldest of them, is a little skeptical with her father's reasoning for wanting to get out of the house so quickly, where his his reasoning was, let's just go get some sodas. I'm thirsty. So he gets the kids into the car, and Stephen locks the front door, and just as he locks the front door, an agonizing scream comes from the house. It was the scream of a man in pain. Get in the car! Get in the car! He yells at the kids as they climbed in. He jumps in turns the keys, and gets the hell out of there. As he's putting the car in gear, Matt's terrified voice comes from the backseat. Daddy, the basement monster is standing in the window upstairs. Yeah, fuck that. Steven looked back. He sees the same black smoke figure in the window watching them leave. Lydia looks back and, and confirms the same thing. Dad, he's in the window. Hurry. Steven speeds towards his parents' house. Thankfully, Thankfully, they're still awake at this point. When they got out of the car in his parents' driveway, his mom and dad knew something was wrong right away. His mom steps off the porch. What's wrong? And she's expecting the worst possible answer, thinking something's happened to one of the kids. And he responds, I think my house is haunted. His dad kind of gives him a knowing look. Uh, He had suspected some things were going on from the first time he stepped foot in the house. Because when his father was over to help him look at the electrical issues, he had something kind of strange happen. He, uh, they go upstairs. He didn't tell him? Huh? He didn't tell his son? Oh, no. He was right there with him. Oh, okay. He, the two of them went upstairs and they sat on the couch and they were just kind of talking. And Stephen's dad just kind of puts his arms straight out in front of him and he notices the hair on his arms is standing up. And his dad's kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? And then all of a sudden he just has tears streaming down his face. He goes, dad, what's wrong? He goes, I don't know. I can't feel my hands. I feel like I've been electrocuted. So he's so the emotions of the spirit are going into him. Yeah. So that's why he's crying. Well, no, he and he 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 felt like he had been electrocuted, like he had like tingly, yeah. you know, the that the tinglys. Yeah. Like fear, cry. But the, the you know, like I said, the whole the emotions, you know, and everything. They get that, you know, yeah, the hair goosebumps, you know. Right. All that good stuff. So needless to say, Steve and the kids stayed there for the night. The next morning, Stephen, the kids, and his parents went back to the house. As Stephen and his parents stepped in the house, there was a loud boom directly over their heads. They all three looked at each other, and his mom offered the idea, maybe an animal's been trapped in the house somewhere. Maybe you guys left in such a hurry last night, maybe you didn't close a window, maybe the door didn't close all the way. You know, maybe you got a raccoon or a possum or something like that. You know? Goddamn (laughs) raccoons. So, as they went through the, the house... They turned off all the lights because obviously the lights were all on again. So they checked each room individually. And as they checked everything, they they would shut the light off behind them just so they kind of knew which room they'd already been through. As they're going through these rooms, Lydia comes running in the house. Hey, you have to see what we found in the shed. And then she just runs back out. So they kind of like, okay. And they make their way outside and they come across all these boxes in the shed. Stephen and his kids had never been in the shed in the backyard. 
These boxes are full of birth certificates, death certificates, photos and albums from different family vacations, little knickknacks and trinkets that you'd be, you'd get in like touristy kind of places, things like that. You know, the kind of thing that most families wouldn't just like up and leave behind unless they died. Right. Yeah. Value. So Stephen's mom gives him the idea, hey, maybe you should call this Mr. Winner's guy and kind of figure out what's going on. So he gets Winner's on the phone and starts explaining to him what he's finding in all these boxes. And Mr. Winner says, oh, you know, no, that's, that's, that's fine. They belong to a girl that used to live in the house. Not a big deal. And he kind of, like, Stephen doesn't really take this as a full answer. But he's like, okay, no big deal, whatever. And it ends the call. And just a couple minutes later, gets a call again from Mr. Winters and says, well, some of the other boxes are from a guy that used to live there too, but he just kind of up and left in the middle of the night once and never came back. So again, Stephen at this point in time is a little freaked out about everything going on, but they just continue their lives as they do. A few Sundays later, they're kind of settling in for the night. The kids went into their bedrooms and Stephen was up in the living room reading. Phone rings in the kitchen. He goes to answer it and it's his mom. As, as they're sitting there talking, Stephen starts to hear doors rattling. Almost like somebody grabbing a door and shaking it in the, in the frame. Uh-huh. And it's not like somebody trying to get in the house. It's the doors inside the house are rattling. Okay. He kind of puts the phone to his chest and yells to the kids, so, you know, hey, quit making so much noise. I'm on the phone with your grandmother. We're trying to talk. And Lydia responds, we're not shaking the doors. As he listens, the rattling is getting louder and louder and louder. And as he's standing there, he feels an electric charge shoot up through his body from his feet. He's in pain and shock, and that's when the screaming begins. First, it started soft and it grew to an unbearable level. All the doors simultaneously opened and then slammed back shut at the same time. His mother, who's still on the phone, can hear the screaming over the lines. Stephen picks up the phone that he's just dropped. Mom, help us. Mom, mom, come get us. He's freaking out at this point in time. He drops the phone again and starts running through the house, trying to get the kids. As he's running, the house starts to shake. He's running through the kitchen. Boom, boom, boom. Three continuous, very quick booms. And the house starts screaming again. The doors start shaking even further. He can hear his daughter Lydia screaming from her room as he makes his way up the stairs. Boom, boom, boom. Again, Stephen begins praying loudly. God, please, please help me. After this, all of the doors open and the kids make a break for the car. Michael and Matt were the first out the door. Lydia grabbed her father, who's in shock, and sprints toward out the door towards the car. As they're outside, they can hear the house continually screaming. As they get into the car, they can still hear the house screaming and shaking from outside. Stephen looks back through the window and can see the black mass moving from room to room, slowly, methodically checking for them. As it enters the kitchen, it melts away. <laughs> Again, they go to Stephen's parents' house for the night. Stephen and his father return the next day to pack up as much of their stuff as they can. As they're packing, they hear the screaming again. They're making their way out the door, and just as he shuts the door, 
the house starts screaming again. Boom, boom, boom. Starts shaking. He turns and looks at the house. You won. You finally won. We're leaving. They got in the car and never returned to that house in Union, Missouri. A few weeks later, he opens the newspaper and sees an ad. Three-bedroom house for rent in Union. Full in-town living. Near most schools in the city park. Perfect for families. A full country kitchen with up-to-date amenities. Large living and dining area with original woodwork intact. Two bedrooms with mudroom. Full basement with fruit cellar attached. Large front porch and backyard. Perfect for children. The right house at the right price for the right family. You should have fucking burned it down. And that is the story of the screaming house of Union, Missouri. Is it actually a legitimate place? Yes. Motherfucker. Now you understand why I came downstairs to finish working on this last night. Yep. Union, Missouri. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure that probably won't scare everybody, but I hope everybody enjoyed it at least. Um, I know it scared her. I could see her put her her, her face in her hands a couple of times. No, she was sitting there watching, and then you didn't pay attention. I said, I, didn't I said she jumped when you I went did. fucking, when you went, boom, boom, boom. She fucking jumped me right on my goddamn skin. Because <laughs> she's sitting there, she's like, she's like, you know, had her in her hand and her head. I she's like listening. My eyes closed, and I was listening because I'm getting a migraine, and I was just listening, and I was not expecting you to fuck up on the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's called setting the atmosphere. Oh, you set the atmosphere. So, speaking of Missouri, we do have a listener that emailed us quite some time ago that has had some experiences in his home state of Missouri. Um, he emailed us back in June, and we were going to save it. I, he It was like, I know you guys are always asking for people's stories and stuff, and then I remembered, and I was like, I think Mike lives there. So, Mike Derrickson, on the Facebook page, we're going to read your email that you sent in. I'll start with the story. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, sure. You, I, Here, yeah, we, we read it. Here, hand that over to him. Okay, I just had to Google the Screaming House, and that fucker is creepy. Mm-hmm. Really fucking creepy. It sure is. Okay. Yeah, so go ahead and uh, whenever you're ready, read Mike's email for us. All right, Mickey. Mickey Derrickson. Well, it's Mike, but that's just his email for whatever reason. Well, whatever. <laughs> hey, Mickey, it's fun. It's fun. You blow my name, Mickey. Mickey. Hey, 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 Mickey. He's the one that basically said that me and him married the same person. Oh, uh, hey. During the, uh, the Salem episode. <laughs> Shout out to your wife. Oh, swollen head. <laughs> okay. I'll start out. I'll start with the... the uh, I'll start this... You can't this. talk either. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start this with... The story about uh, about the house I grew up in. A little history. The building is over 100 years old. It was set up for a two-family flat, one upstairs, one downstairs. When my folks moved to St. Louis, this was the first apartment they moved into. Eventually, they bought both units and to this day own the whole structure. We always heard noises, voices, walking, creaking, etc., my parents would tell us more stories like the back of the vacuum cleaner disappearing from one place to reappear in another. That's weird. That is weird. The washer lid flipping up by itself mid-wash cycle. Now that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That is very, yeah. The landlord played off, played all of this off, saying things like the baby's rubber pants were probably filling with, with water and hitting the lid. You probably 
just misplaced it, etc. Yada yada. Yeah, just typical excuses. Okay. Yeah. This story is about the first time I saw a solid apparition. At the time, I was uh, maybe 10 years old or so. I was brushing my teeth in the first floor bathroom, getting ready for school. The mirror in the bathroom reflected the hallway behind me, so I could see anything passing from the living room to the kitchen. Think shotgun-style house. You could see the kitchen from the front about... Oh, kitchen from the front door. So basically, it's, it's an open open concept. Yeah, open yeah, floor yeah. plan, yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, a little movement caught my eye, and I saw a little girl, about five years old, with blonde hair, pass through the hallway. It passed from the living room to the kitchen. I asked my mom if my sister had walked by. Clearly, she hadn't, and of course, my mom said no. Immediately head to the toe... Uh, Immediately head to toe goosebumps and chills. I didn't r- fully realize what I had just seen, or rare seeing a full body apparition is, or how how rare. Yep. I didn't fully realize what I had just seen, or how rare seeing a full body apparition is. Super fucking rare. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Especially if it's a full form and not like smoke or mist or something like yeah. that. That's very very rare. Mm-hmm. Yep. My brothers always spoke about seeing the ghost of a little girl in the house, as well as Native American spirits. But when you are in the, right, but when you're the youngest of three boys, you tend not to put too much stock in the spooky things your brothers yeah. tell you. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, well, I'm not the youngest, but you know, I, I understand that. Neither, like, I had older cousins that would always try to scare the shit out of me, and I tried, you know. It's hard it, when you're little. It's hard not to put stock into it, but but I mean, I, I my brother always told me a story. I mean, my older brother never, you know, he probably he tells stories, you know, to us. But apparently, like one of the stories he used to tell where we used to play hide and go seek. I'll tell it after this. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay, but uh, so when you're the youngest boy of three, you tend not to put too much stock in the spooky things your brothers tell you. This, they screwed with me all the time. I always felt watched in the house. Never anything negative. We all we will we still stay there when we come to visit. Later in my life, my wife and I bought a house. A little history here: the ha- family we bought it from was family friends with my f- wife's family, and they had a daughter died in the house from anorexia. Oof! Oh, didn't know so you, didn't know you could die from that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah starved to death. So malnourished. Uh, yeah. malnourished. Okay. yeah, it's rough, man. That's yeah. not. That's not definitely not a way that I would want to die. I did, <laughs> it's not a way I will ever die. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God, no! I love food too much. Right? He goes on to say, "I didn't find this out till a year or so later. We moved in with our five-year-old son. Everything was great. A couple months in, we started noticing little things. The TV would change channels or turn off and on." Lights would flicker or lights would flicker or turn off completely. Shadows uh, out of the corner of our of your eye, feeling of being washed, etc. Hmm. The one and only shower was in the basement. You would see shadows pass by the shower curtain and the basement lights all the time. I almost wonder if it's like a split level, like a raised ranch kind of thing. Oh, yeah, maybe. But no, I just like thought of putting a shower in our basement. And fuck that. Nope. You don't like walking in our basement, let, no, let alone I, showering yeah. in our basement. 
be really vulnerable, mm-hmm. naked and vulnerable. Nope. So yeah, you would see shadows pass by the shower curtain and basement lights all the time. Uh, enough so that I would stick my head out to see if my wife or son had come down. Of course, you play it off like it was water running in your eyes or bl- or bl- you blinked, etc. Mm-hmm. You oh. don't know. You don't want to think it's a ghost. So I've got this weird irrational fear. Like I'm not super big on showering when I'm the only one in the house because I've got this fear. I don't know if I saw it in a movie or something or what, <laughs> but like. As you're like rinsing the shampoo out of your hair and you rub, like wipe the water out of your eyes, I feel like I'm gonna open my eyes and there's gonna be somebody standing on the other side of the fucking door, because our doors are like like opaque glass. Yeah. And I just have this like irrational fear that I'm gonna open my eyes and there's gonna be just somebody standing there waiting for me. <laughs> and I'm not making that up either. It no. freaks me the fuck out. That's why when I am in the shower and I wipe the water out of my eyes and facing the wall so I can kind of turn all at the same time and have all my faculties about me. Or he'll be call me when you coming home. Oh, I'm on my way. When will you be here? And I'll tell him, and he's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna take a shower when you get here," because he he won't. I don't want to be snuck up on in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have that. I don't. I mean, I I really I guess I'm. I don't know. I just had like, I've had you know different things, you know. I'll always find it's weird for me after someone dies or, like, if I stay in someone's house that's passed away, you know, or gone over. Like, when Hermie died, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of your other... My surrogate grandfather. Yeah, your surrogate grandfather. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I know you guys still have times where you think you see him. Oh, I've definitely seen Hermie in my parents' basement before. Um, But, like, it, when he first passed away and we went downstairs, it was just kind of like... I had like a Super weird, eerie, yeah. it was just weird, you know, type of thing. And like when Cooper, my dog, passed away, I kind of, you know, I don't know, it's hell. Within like still a month after, I think, I like from time to time, I told you guys, you know, like mm-hmm. I think I would hear him bark. Hell, I was down the stairs in my basement of my parents' house. We were recording the show one night because when we were recording there. And you had gone to the bathroom, Kevin, I think. Or no, you had gone over back over to your parents' house, and Seth was in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, I heard a bark at the top of the stairs, and I could have swore it was my dog, my mom and dad's dog. Yeah. Because she always used to do that. She'd bark at the top of the stairs, you know, when she had to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, right. You know. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just... He goes on. One day, my wife and I were relaxing downstairs in the living room, watching a movie. We heard our five-year-old arguing with someone. He kept saying, leave me alone. Go away. No, I don't want to play with you. I had the chills from head to toe. Mm -hmm. We called him down and asked him uh, who he was talking to. He said a a girl and and said her name. For the life of me, I can't remember the name of I Wish I Could. I went straight to his room and told the entity to leave my child alone. If it wanted someone to mess with, come mess with me, but not my son. This isn't your house anymore. Go and you don't belong. I was a little aggressive. Yeah, I guess so. I get that. I, mean, yeah. I understand it. Yeah. You know, 
because uh, you don't know, I mean, if it's actually a little girl. Yeah. yeah. Or if it's something pretending. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Every hair in my body was on end. Goosebumps, goose bumped up. Later, I kind of regretted that statement. One weekend, my wife and son were out of town at her dad's. I had been out late my, with my brother drinking, going to see music, etc. I got home a little before 3 a.m., got situated and went to my room, locked the bedroom door, force of habit when you have a five-year-old <laughs> who has no, no semblance of privacy. Yeah. I laid down. All of a sudden, there was three distinct knocks at the door. I was freaking the fuck out. I forgot to mention we didn't have any pets at the time. I was completely alone. So what do I do? Manly man I am. I pulled the covers over my head. Goddamn and went right. to sleep yep. like a chicken. Goddamn right. Because everybody knows that if there's a fucking ghost or a monster in your house, Under you pull them covers over and, and you are protected. safe. Exactly. They can't do shit. I had no desire to see who or what was at the door. That was definitely the scariest encounter I ever had. Eventually, we moved to K- to KC, Kansas City. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law bought the house. They still have activity to this day. I still catch shadows of out the corner of my eye and have zero desire to go into the basement if I don't have to. Mm-mm. I wonder if they still have the little girl there. Yeah. Well, That'd be interesting, be interesting to find out. Yeah. Uh, I've got other more recent stories I'll share at a different time. Sally's house, Atchison, oh. Kansas. Ooh. Yeah, me and him had a conversation about Atchison, Kansas, and I think that's going to have to be something we cover. And the uh, Valley Mansion in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Huh. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember if it's uh, if it, I think it's in Kansas City. Uh, the uh, Lemp Mansion. There was a brewery, and it's supposed yeah. to be haunted as balls too. Yep. That could be kind of cool too. Yeah, it's in Kansas. Apparently, Kansas is just full of goddamn ghosts. Well, yeah, think apparently. about it. There was and this, one really, really good band. There was this uh, thing called mm. Bleeding Kansas. Well, the the band Kansas is good too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but there's more than just them that are from there too. How dare you? There's more than Kansas that's from Kansas. Name me five others. Uh, Anthraxes. They're a pretty good band. Yeah, but they're not Kansas. True, but anyway, but I mean, that's kind of freaky. Yeah, there's definitely some things in there that I was like, "Fuck, that happens in our house." Yeah. So, since we got a few minutes, why don't you kind of tell some of the people tell tell people some of the stuff that has happened here? Yeah, I know Kevin's had his fair share of things that have happened to me, and I don't really talk about it on here. But yeah, so go ahead. Um, (laughs) no, geez. I think one of the first things that really started to happen, like when we first moved in here, we've been in here almost two years Almost two years, yeah. Um, I started to notice, like, when I'd sit out and watch TV at night and he'd be sleeping, I'd be out on the couch with a dog, and um, at the time we only had one dog and no cats, so it was just the him and I on the couch, um, and I'd be watching TV and I keep glimpsing out. You have a, sh- we kind of have like a galley style kitchen and then you can see straight into our dining room from pretty much mostly everywhere in the living room. Yeah. Um, so I have where I was sitting on the couch, I have a straight shot to the corner of the dining room, um, which is the original part of the house that has the staircase to come upstairs. And I would see things kind of in the dark, 
Um, it was just everything was like lit up by the uh, TV light and the lamp from the living room, so I could see a little bit of light on the dining room. And I I would find myself glancing over there a lot, and then I just get in the feeling of being watched. Um, but there was one night that Kevin was up in here in the studio doing some research. It was about like one thirty in the morning, um, and I was over in my craft room, just down the hall crafting away with my cricket um and ruger our dog came up and he had his favorite toy which is a, a sloth oh yeah that, he loves that weird. sloth so he had it and he had been playing with it about you know 20 minutes before kevin came into the room uh he was checking in just trying to see you know where i was at in my craft point if i was at a stopping point and he was almost done with his typing so I was like, yeah, probably about another like 20 minutes and we should be good. So at that point, Ruger was like tuckered himself out playing with the sloth and just lay down. <laughs> um, so Kevin came in. He goes, okay. Um, he probably honestly probably fell asleep in his chair. Like, he Oh, does I, I for sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes like stumbling his way into my room. Uh, and he was like, all right, you ready for bed? I was like, yep. And we were talking and he looks at me and, go, and we kind of noticed it at the same time. I had a bookshelf uh, up against by the bathroom wall. Which is actually now in the studio. Yep. And <laughs> I noticed about, what would you say, one, two, three, four, like the fifth one up. So it's yeah. about... The, s- the second one down from the top, basically. Yep. And that's probably, what, five feet? Yeah, three and a half, three yeah. Three and a half. Five feet. About yeah. Five feet, yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole thing's about yeah. six feet, so yeah. So about five feet up in the air um, is Ruger's sloth tucked into a basket on the shelf yeah mind you i didn't touch it kevin didn't touch it and i looked at him and i said why did you put that there and he goes i didn't put it there did you put that there and i mean he's a beagle so he he's he, not big enough to like right. get up there and put it there himself and even if he had tried he would have knocked everything over on that shelf pr- he's including the, fuck. and including the shelf <laughs> but not a thing was out of place but the the sloth was perfectly tucked into a basket mm-hmm. so kevin grabs it we kind of looked at each other and he looks out into the hallway he said Thank you for picking up after the dog. And we went to bed. So that was like one of them. Um, you know, you saw something in the living in the yeah, dining room. I, I had one day where you were at work. You were on your way home from work, actually, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And I was standing in front of the TV playing PlayStation because there was like glare. And I can't see shit because my eyes suck. Um, and I caught movement out of the corner of my eye again over in the dining room kitchen area. And didn't think anything of it. And I looked over and I literally watched a woman walk through her kitchen into our bedroom. And I was like, yep, that just happened. Okay. Gonna just, yep. You're going to go back to what I'm doing, you know. part of the house. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't, nothing feels. I feel watched. Weird. Around like where the staircase is to go upstairs. Um, The basement's a different story. Yeah. The (laughs) basement all around is just creepy as fuck. Um, but we had, um, well, like maybe a week or so after Kevin saw the woman, I got whistled at, like, I'm just home by myself and I'm feeding the animals, getting ready, make myself coffee. Oh yeah. That one was weird. I, I had nothing going. I had just woken up, getting the coffee pot going and just coming from the direction of the dining room. So it's kind of at my back towards the right. And I just hear, and I just immediately threw myself up in the cupboard. I'm looking around. I'm like, hello? Um, is anybody here? 
and like just no response, which I kind of figured I wasn't going to get any response. Kind of weirded me out. Called my mother-in-law and told her, and of course, every time I tell her something, she never wants to come back here ever again. Yeah, no, she's never coming <laughs> here again. Um, but, you know, I had a vacation, geez, a couple months ago, uh, and... I was staying, I'm a night owl anyway, so I was like, went to bed at like maybe two in the morning or whatever. A few hours later, um, I had gotten up to go to the bathroom, not a big deal, and I had fallen back to sleep. And I woke up a few more, like a few hours later after I went to the bathroom, I woke up to Ruger laying over me and staring at the corner of our bedroom, which is happens to be the doorway into the dining room. The where, kitchen. In, in our kitchen, sorry. Yep. And that's the same spot that, you know, Kevin watched the woman walk into. Uh, and he was over me. His ears were pinned back and he's just growling at the corner. And I was like, okay. At this point, it was probably like 930 in the morning. And I was like, yep, okay, I'm up. And I just went about my day. Well, the next night, you know, I go to bed late again. But I wake up probably, I would say like 334 o'clock in the morning. I woke up to... Kevin and I have a king size bed, so there's my pillow. We have a tiny little pillow in the middle, which is usually Danny's pillow, yeah. uh, and then Kevin's pillow. So which I woke up. Which is also usually Danny's pillow. Yeah, <laughs> they're all Danny's pillows. Yeah. So I woke up to the pillow smashing me in the face. Not just like he bumped it with his arm. It came from the right direction of me, which was where the doorway is in our bedroom to the kitchen. It was like someone had taken a hand, had like full grip, like slumber party, pillow fight, had it, and just whacked me in the face with it. And I sprung up out of a dead sleep. I sat right up and I just looked everywhere. And I'm like, immediately my brain's like, okay, I got to debunk it. Something happened and I can explain it. And I look over and the dogs are all on the, the foot of the bed. So nobody's near me. They're passed out snoring. And I looked to my left, and Kevin's rolled over on his left side, so he's facing away from me. TV's going, and he's just snoring. He was out cold. Dead. Nobody, like, dead to the world. Which I was dead to the world until I got smashed in the face with a pillow. And we probably, the next night from that, you and I were in the, the I was in the kitchen, and I called him out to me, because there was cigarette smoke, like mm-hmm. a stale cigarette smoke in one particular spot, again, by that doorway. And I think it was the same night that you had the penny thrown at you. Yep. Um, Ruger was standing over by me when Kevin came over to smell the smoke. So I'm on one side, he's on the other side, and the smoke is just in the middle of us. Neither one of us are smokers. Like, nobody has ever smoked in our house, like, since we've owned it. Uh, and there was just cigarette smoke there. And Ruger stood right next to us, looking at that doorway, ears pinned back, just growling. I, I don't know. I can confirm the cigarette thing because if I'm around cigarette smoke, like, and these guys know this, because mm-hmm. I've we've we've played games and we've been around people that smoked a like shit a ton. Freaking chimney. And I yeah. get and what what happens? I get freaking sinus stuff happens yeah. and everything else. One night, I was over here their place. I was sitting. And it was, I was, they still had their old couch, and I was sitting there. Oh, that old fucking thing. Fuck that thing. In, in the spot that I usually always sit in. And I was like, I just said, well, hey, I got to go home. I'm going to go home. You know, I, I'm, I got I to gotta get out of here. And I went home, and my sinuses were like just clogged up, and I, I was getting a sinus headache and mm-hmm. everything else. And I was like, man, I, I got to get the hell out of here. My allergies were just acting up, but I'm like, I got to thinking, I'm like, well, it's not because of the cats, because I know they have cats. I mean, 
Not that you ever see them. Yeah, no. exactly. Not that you ever see them, but I mean, I don't really have, you know, my, my allergies don't act up that much here with the cats. And right. I was, I was like, man. So then I got home and like within, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of being home, like the shit just kind of like went away. And, and like as soon as I I got I'm like around the phone with Kevin I'm like hey listen I think this is you know I think I I was getting you know the smell of smoke and because I can't have no sense of smell but I had like this like and smoky you, smoking you feeling, yeah. to clarify you've always had no sense of smell you don't yes. have COVID no. yes exactly <laughs> no I've I've always had no sense of smell okay. and you know I, I'm I'm. I'm pretty rational about a lot of a lot of shit, you know. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't really like to, you know, jump to conclusions, and you know. But when you know, I'm like, man, dude, I, I swear that it must have been somewhere like somebody was smoking cigarettes, or you know. And then Kevin's like, well, yeah, but well, was Danny in your face? You know, because yeah, I mean, she's got long it. hair, and that yeah, could trigger long it too. Hair. You know? I was thinking, yeah, you you know that. I mean, you know, this. I'm like, no, and and. You know this and that, and I'm like, well, he's like, whoa, kind of like crazy. Like he's like, I didn't smell any smoke, and I went over there and didn't smell anything at all. I'm like, well, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I guarantee that's what it was. The the other one that I've noticed a lot, like when we first moved in, Ruger would go out into the dining room mm, and yeah. he would like <laughs> start up the stairs. He'd get like, and like neither one of us were up here. He'd get up to like the second stair. And he would look up, and you hear him just that, get that like, like that real low like yeah. rumble in his chest mm-hmm. growl, and then all of a sudden he'd run and like dive onto the couch with his tail tucked between his legs. Yep. Like he's a pansy anyway. Yeah. Like and everything scares grass him. Touches belly and he jumps yeah. in the freaking air. Yeah, you take him out to pee and like a, a flower touches him. And he's like, <laughs> and he goes, Phew. yeah. Well, what about the um, what the one you walked in and. Oh, yeah, that was fucking weird. He walked in first and then he walked in or whatever it was. we were out raking. It was, Jesus, February? No, No, April? April, yeah, Yeah, because I was out out on layoff. Yeah, so it was the very beginning of COVID. And we were all doing housework, raking up the leaves and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I was watering my garden up front. And I was like, okay, why don't you go in, get the dog's harnesses on, and we'll take them out. He's like, okay. So he heads in. I'm, I'm only a few minutes behind him, so... I walk through the door and I'm talking to Kevin. Kevin's standing next to me to my left because our um the it's, our door is open in a weird way. So our screen door is a left hand swing, and then you have to a right hand swing door yep. to open into the house. So immediately on my left is like the entryway to like the dining room and the kitchen, and I'm talking to Kevin and. I go to grab one of the dogs and I look up and I'm like, why isn't he answering me? And I look up because, and nobody's standing next to me. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, where are you? And I close the door and he's staring at me all weird in front of the TV. I'm like, what are you doing over there? And he's like, I've been standing here. I'm like, no, you're right next to me. He's like, no, I have not moved. I've been standing here this entire time. Yeah, no. I was like, well, then who the fuck was just standing to the left of me? I had a full conversation Somebody was dressed, like, it was someone about his height. It was, like, a darker silhouette, and I could see the flesh of the arms, like, the fleshy color of the arms, and they were standing to my left, and I was talking to them, and I looked up, and there was nobody there, 
But they were, I could see the full, somebody standing next to me through the corner of my eye. And when I went up, looked up to make eye contact with him, he wasn't fucking there. He was to my right. So that really freaked me out. And I showed my hair was standing up all over my freaking body. Um, let's see what else happened. I, I think the weirdest one I've had recently was I took Danny outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. That the was bathroom. weird. And so Danny is our golden retriever. She's a big goof. Friendliest dog you'll ever meet. She's not really like, I wouldn't say she's like scared of much usually. Cause like you, she can lay on the floor when you're vacuuming and you can like boop her in the nose and she's like, eh, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. get up and chase it. She's not afraid of it. Yeah. So we're outside. She's looking for a spot to pee. And we get kind of down towards the creek that runs through the backyard. And I've got my flashlight on my phone. And I hear clear as day from the other side of the water. Danny. And she fucking bolted. Like, almost lost her, like, on the leash. She fucking sprinted back up towards the house. Yeah, he came in. She like, pooped on the front lawn that night. Yeah. So like, were you outside? I'm like, no, I've been in here. And at that point, I was on the toilet pooping myself. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I wasn't outside. And he's like, well, somebody just yelled Danny's name. I'm like, well, that's weird. And it was clear as day. Just, yep. Danny. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? But there was a, the time where I was, I went in to go get changed into pajamas. And Kevin was feeding the dogs and cats. Yep. So the food is in our bedroom, which is through that famous store. Um. So he was right there, and he's grabbing the food. Well, he's walking all the way through the kitchen to the other side of the dining room to the cat tree to go feed the cats. And I'm in there, and I'm trying to find a shirt and out of the dresser, and all of a sudden, the freaking lights on, shuts off. I'm like, well, why did you turn that off? I wasn't done yet. And he didn't hear me. And I'm like, so I yell louder. And he's like, hold on, I'm in the dining room. I'm thinking, well, that's weird, because the light switch is on the other side of the room by that door. But if he's in the dining room, who the fuck just shut the light off on me? And he came in, and I, because I f- heard the full click of the switch. It's not regular up and down. It's like the push button from side to side, and it's got a dimmer on it. Yeah. I'm like, go look at the switch. And sure enough, it was fully clicked off. Like, I heard the click. I'm like, somebody just shut the fucking light off on me, and it was not my husband. Yeah. But. And then the, the lights for the upstairs hallway get turned on all the time. That Th- those was like are actually one of the like first thing. Like the old school, like round, like push button switches. We have to push them in to turn them off. Like, you push them in, they have one below it to push in to turn it off. That happened. That still happens occasionally. Yeah. It's real fucking weird. But that was, like, one of the first things that really started happening besides Ruger, like, looking around and staring off and barking and stuff, was yeah. I was always yelling at Kevin. I'm like, you didn't shut the lights off upstairs again. He goes, I wasn't upstairs today. I'm like, obviously you were. The freaking hallway lights on. He's like, I was not upstairs. So I'd click it off. But all the time, it would happen with Kevin. Kevin would be driving by, the other Kevin, would be driving by to go home, and the light would be on. And be like, hey, you forgot your light on upstairs. They're like, nobody's been upstairs all day, but the light would be freaking on. But the most recent thing that happened actually happened Monday morning from back from Salem. So Kevin had to be to work at... the most recent? Because I had the most recent. Here? Yes. Okay. I'll tell that after. Okay. I'm, this is <laughs> yeah. new to me. So we obviously got back from Salem Sunday um, at late afternoon. So Sunday night we slept into Monday. Kevin and I both had to go back to work. <laughs> so Kevin usually has to be there about quarter of eight. So it was probably, I would say, maybe about seven o'clock or whatever. Yeah, probably in that name. Um, and I didn't have to be to work until nine. So And I sleep until the last possible second. Anyways. You sleep until... 
the last possible second passed like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm Plus horrible. Yeah. Horrible about it. So I can hear him in doing his morning, uh, you know, poop when I could hear his whatever podcast or whatever he was listening to again. Probably Jim Cornette, most likely. More than likely. <laughs> so I could hear it and I had, was, I was sleeping. Ruger was like snuggled up to me. Actually, I was Big Spoon. He was Little Spoon. Whatever. Don't tell. And Danny's sleeping like a person in Kevin's spot. Dude, like- this dog will crawl <laughs> under the sheets, like under the blankets, poke her head out through the top, and, and lay, lay down on, on my pillow with her head there. Just All look stretched at you like- out. She is a people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm sleeping. Whatever. Waiting for my alarm to go off. Which never did, by the way, because for Mm. some reason my phone didn't charge and it was completely dead, Mm -hmm. even though it was plugged into the wall on both ends. Mm -hmm. Likely. Yep. So. I'm going to chalk it up to you slept through it, but. No, my phone was literally 0% when I looked at it. So I'm sleeping and all of a sudden the fucking bedroom door whipped open so fast like someone kicked it open and it slammed and hit our bed frame and woke me up from a fucking dead sleep. You got to go to work, bitch. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm looking around. I'm like, well, that's fucked up. And what did I do? Put the blanket over my head and went back to sleep. Yeah. So then later that night, Kevin came home and, and I go to, I asked him, I'm like, did you like kick the door open or did you open the door he's like when i got up the door was open like it was already open i was like when i went to bed the door was shut he woke up and it was open but somehow from when him and going to the bathroom the door somehow got closed i don't know i didn't hear it closed but i sure the hell heard it whip open and slam on the bed frame because Ruger looked at me like what the fuck and his ears were pinned back and he's just like staring at the corner he was like I like scared the shit out of me I have no idea why the fuck that happened but it something kicked the door wide the fuck open yeah you guys so recently Friday this past Friday you gotta come in a little bit you guys said or Kevin says, "Hey, meet me at the house. Meet. Oh, well, we're going to my mom's for dinner. Okay, fine. So be at the house. You know, for eight. We'll record at eight. All right. So I'm here. You know, a little before eight. I'm like fucking oh. for once. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, they're not here. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they must be. They took uh, your car or something, yep. or I don't, I don't know which car you actually do guys did take. But um, so I'm just sitting there." You know, I see the lights are on in the house, and I'm like, okay, you know, because you guys can turn them on whenever you want. Yeah, right. like certain, we were certain in lights. Just to clarify, yeah. certain lights. Yeah, we've got a light. We got two lights in the living room. We can turn on remotely. Uh-huh. One, one in the, the dining, dining room, room. The ones up in the studio, and, and that's, it. that's it. And then we yeah. got the cameras. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, well, all right. Well, I'll just kind of sit here. I'm like, I could go in, but uh, fuck it. You know, I'll just sit here for a little bit. I was sitting there. I was listening to my the book that I'm listening to, and and I'm looking on my phone, and I kind of like look up, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, yeah, maybe he, maybe maybe he, you know, he, Shelby was he went down only, and Shelby was still at work, and you know, maybe he came back. I don't know, or or fuck it, I'm just gonna go up anyway. You know, go in the house. I have a key, because you know Ruger is. He's on top of Danny's Talk kennel, kennel. Yeah. looking out the window. Looking out at me. 
like going, hey, asshole, why don't you come on in? You know? And he keeps looking, like, I'm looking up, and he keeps looking to back towards the kitchen. Keeps looking back towards the kitchen. Well, I, you know, I look down, I look back up, I, you know, back down, back of my phone and everything. Well, I look up one time, and I, and all of a sudden I see this fucking, like, shadow go across. And I see Ruger looking. And I'm like, that motherfucker's here. <laughs> I'm like, well, son of a bitch. I go up in. Get to the house. I'm like, fucking give him a thing or two, you know. So make me sit outside. Yeah. So I go up, and well, lo and behold, neither one of the two are in the house, and Danny is still in her cage, and Ruger's out. Well, it's just normal, you know, because Ruger was out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, they're not here. I'm like, oh, well, I saw one of their house guests. <laughs> that's what I saw. I told Kevin. I was like, you go through the living room. Uh huh. And towards the kitchen. No. Oh, from the kitchen to through the living room, yeah. and then towards through Ruger, the wall. That's where Ruger... <laughs> through the wall and no, out to the driveway. I only, I only <laughs> saw. Christ. I only saw it go like, Cut, like across halfway, the bay window. Across. Yep. And I saw. That's when I saw Ruger look. Hmm. It's almost like somebody. We'll have to like, go back on the camera and like see Kevin if it saw said anything. Something, like, yeah. You know, oh, like shut up, Ruger. Or, you know, hey, it's only oh, Kevin or something like that. That reminds me, of the one night that you and I were eating dinner, before we even got the new couch, and and Ruger was over by the pellet yeah, stove. Yeah, that was fucking wild. So over by our pellet stove is a half wall, and then we have a baby gate that goes down to the basement. So Ruger was over there, and him and I are eating dinner, and all of a sudden, I don't know what the fuck scared the shit out of that dog. He was scared so bad, it paralyzed him. I thought he was having, like, a I th- seizure. I thought he had a stroke, to be like honest. A, like He goes running, and his hind legs paralyzed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, like, my freaking hair standing up yeah. on my arms. He was like his legs were paralyzed, so he is howling. He's like, basically dragging his like back legs what? across the floor at at the couch, and he's howling like somebody had fucking ran him over with a car. And he's running over to the couch, hits the front of the couch, and r- throws me. I throw my plate down. I don't even know. And you come running. It we both come running over. And he, his heart is beating a, me- a million miles an hour. Like, I thought he, this dog was going to die. Like, he was so freaking scared. And I'm, like, holding him. I'm, like, it's okay. And I'm petting him. And he kind of, like, hops up onto my legs a little. And I'm holding him. I'm, like, it's okay. It's okay. And he calmed down. And then he hopped up. And then he was fine. But I seriously thought he was. And you caught the glimpse of it on our camera. Like, you got, you can see him, like, fumble across the, the dining room or across the living room and fall. But you can clearly see that his hind legs are not working. Yeah. He's literally dragging yeah, them son, and he's whimpering. There. And then he was fine. It was, it I was don't know. It was fucking weird. It was fucked it's, it up. It scared me. I had, I've had, well, I don't know if I told you about this, but when I was at my parents' house living there still, I had Cooper still, and he was, you know, he was young, um... Maybe like four or five years old, maybe ish, somewhere like that. Um, like I, I was sleeping one night, and all of a sudden, like you know, he he got to the point where sometimes he'd sleep on the bed, sometimes he'd just sleep in his bed, and I kept the door open, but with a gate, so that you know, because so air movement can go through. Well, all of a sudden, like like oh, I saw like this flash of light and Cooper is up on the bed 
and shaking like no tomorrow. Like he, he's just petrified. Something he, you know, encountered, saw, mm-hmm. whatever, it was like just scared the living shit out of him. I mean, and and, and I don't know. I've mean, never had it like when we held how we stayed at the house in for Jens and you <laughs> know fucking shit happened in that house. I never I mean, he never really like acted weird there. You know, about much of anything. Like, he didn't go downstairs, you know, down the, the basement to the to the garage down there. He never went down that way, ever. But and in, he only went out, out back yeah. and then down the front stairs. So, I mean, I never really, you know, I never had anything with him there. But I only had that one time where he was just petrified. Like, I mean, I had to, like... Just like Ruger, mm-hmm. I had to calm him down. Yeah, because he was so physically scared that you know. And they say that dogs can. Oh yeah, dogs, oh. dogs, and, dogs and, cats and cats are way more way, sensitive yeah. to a mouse. And you know they're like kids. I'm, we'll catch a cat just sitting there, and they stare up often. Yeah, just fucking Kevin, stare. At the Kevin, like, don't do that. And I'm like, stop what? It. And he's like, stop. And I'm like, over. Well, and the fucking cat's just staring up. And I'm like, fuck no, stop. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely stuff here. Oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. For, I don't. Part of me doesn't feel. I mean, certain spots of the house you feel it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't it's feel weird. it's. I don't feel it's malevolent. No, not at all. You know, in a way, you know, I don't. <laughs> the I definitely think it's the land. I don't think per se the house. The basement. I get weird feelings in. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I go into so many fucking weird basements that you know, it, like that doesn't bother me. And, you know, it usually much. doesn't bother me either. But there's something about. The back corner of our basement where our, like, furnace and all that stuff is. I think it's because it's... because it's so tight. And no, it's not even that. I think it's because it's so dark over there. Yeah. Because you can turn all the lights on in the basement, and it's still fucking pitch-ass black right there. It's like a curtain of black. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of what throws me off, and it's just... It's uncomfortable. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's... (laughs) So, yeah, our house is haunted. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Um, Yeah. How, how many is. times when we were in Salem did one of us, one of the three of us go, do we need Sage or should we wait? Well, yeah. And then the fucking be- bedroom door kicks open yeah. the next fucking day. And guess what we didn't buy in Salem? Fucking Sage. sage. <laughs> well, you, what was it? You had, you had two moments. You had at the, at, in Danvers, you had Shelby, you had the moment where you were like, you were like overwhelmed a little bit. Yeah, it was really and at weird. The, at the monument there. At the and parsonage, then you, yeah. And then at the parsonage, you had the same thing. You were just like, guys, it feels so heavy right so here. So I walked down into what would have been like the, the basement, guess, the, the basement yeah, the of the actual house. And I'm standing there, I'm taking pictures or whatever, and it was fine. And I'm taking pictures of guys, trying to be cool, trying to get some nice shots for them for the, you know, the page if they decided, you know, on a profile picture or whatever. And I'm just taking pictures and I'm seeing there talking to them and they're just kind of, we're all just taking it in for a moment. And it felt like somebody had their hands on my shoulders and just kind of like pulling me backwards. And I just like, I got really heavy and I was just like, it's kind of stood there for a second. I'm like, do I say anything? Like, am I in my head? I'm like, but I was just having a conversation with them and it just felt like somebody was just pulling me back. I'm like, okay, guys, can you come step down in here? Maybe it's just me. Like, I don't know, but it feels like somebody's like, my shoulders are really heavy and I'm feeling like I'm being pulled backwards. The moment they both stepped down in there, the feeling went away. Huh. It was like, as soon as like a male was present, whatever was with me was gone. It was, it was was very weird. Kind of, it's kind of like the same at the, uh, like I said, the monument there Mm -hmm. and just, well, which was literally what? 
as the crow flies less than a mile, ha- like hundred yards. But what was the nah, first thing? Half a mile. What was the first thing I mentioned as soon as they put one foot onto the path of the parsonage? What happened to me? Hmm. All right. So what I was saying was, um, the moment I stepped onto the the, pa- the path to the parsonage, I. My entire right side of my body, I had goosebumps. The hair was standing up on my arm. Yeah. It was just the right side of my body. It was not, it was like someone drew a line right through the middle of me and just everything on my right side of my body, like the right side of my face was tingly, like the cobwebby Uh feeling. And then my arm and everything was just standing up on end. But my left side was fine. And then as we walked down the path more, it went away. And then I got that heavy feeling standing inside of what would have been the basement. Well, I think it, I mean, it all pretty much started the day before, though, when we went to the monument there, because the whole, that monument just had, like, Yeah, it was weird. And, and dry. one spot. Mm-hmm. On both sides, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. it both sides? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I have pictures of it. That were, that was completely dry. And like we said in the episode, there was no trees like up around it or anything. Yeah. Like it was just random spots that were dry. There's no like overhang on the monument. Like it's straight cut like a like a headstone. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, even even at the cemetery, you know, you kind of it's a cemetery. So, I mean, you know, that's a car. Yeah, that was a car that went by. That's what I thought I heard. That's not what I heard. (laughs) Okay, so somebody else um, wanted to be in the episode. Okay, so I'm not, you know, I'm not hearing things. Okay, so yeah, so the the monument, the the, the grave site, though, it kind of, you know, I don't know. I've been I've been to plenty of grave sites. I never really felt that bad, but I mean, there it just kind of felt heavy and felt like sad, super sad. Oh yeah, I mean, because a lot of people like. A lot of people that were in that cemetery died for no reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, what's his name um, was there in there, too? Uh, um, Corwin. Corwin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. John Corwin. John Corwin, the, the, the sheriff. He was buried in there. Yeah. I, we, we learned that because we were, we were being nosy people yeah. and listening <laughs> in on a tour. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Which we could have found out if we had actually been able to get into the cemetery. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got for this week. Um, yeah. So, happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah ho- hopefully, everybody yeah. enjoyed that story that scared the shit out of me to the point that I had to <laughs> I had to relocate my, uh, my research from <laughs> yeah. the I studio can... where I have an open closet behind me where I was getting weird fucking chilly things. Well, you've had on. weird things happen with that yeah. closet that's directly behind you anyways. Yeah, that's why I put the curtain there. Because yeah. if the curtain's there, whatever's in there can't see me unless it moves it. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of you know, things like that. You so, know? I've yeah. heard of, I think I may have heard about this one, um, but I mean, I've heard of other ones too that were like, one was because they lived in a, house that was actually a, a mortuary at one time yeah that was mm-hmm. haunting and the hunting in connecticut like the actual story behind that yeah um, is way scarier than the movie oh yeah the freaking one that got me was that netflix series haunting on the hill house that fucking creeped me the fuck out that was that was fucked up. Like you you mentioned in the story, like the big shadow figure, like moving around and searching the bedroom. There was something like that in that freaking movie. That big uh-huh. guy that would like float around and check uh-huh. all the room. Yeah, it's 
it's freaking i recommend it it's spooky as shit but anyway yes that is the episode for this week um yeah go over to this is one of those ones maybe you want to uh, let everybody hear it or, or fuck them let them let everybody hear it so go over to studio.com like she just did today. I did, oh. and I used Dark Windows 15. Ooh. Save 15% on my order. What'd you get? I got the, um, shoot. You the got the tolls. Yeah. yeah, the toll. I'm going to get that. I got, the, I got the black ones with the rose gold accents. They are fucking sick looking. Yeah, they I'm going to get the Ets. I, I think I might end up upgrading to a pair of tolls, but they have a dark, like a forest green I'm gonna get with the, a gold button, and I'm like, I like these. I'm going to get the Ets. That's have a forest green, which are noise-canceling earbuds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the... I think I'm going to get those. And I also have to get my Klar. Yeah, quit being poor. Get some yeah. good fucking headphones. Oh, I'm going to drop probably like 200 bucks, but... Good. Hey. Good. You know? Good. That's going to be good. But yes, put that promo code of DarkWindows15 in, in the section that says coupon. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no, there's promo or whatever. It says coupon. Yeah, yeah. Put Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Yes. And you always get a little free extra it thing did. with it, yep. which is going to be the, uh, the card, card holder. holder. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bag. Sometimes it's something else. Yeah. The first time I ordered it, we got a, uh, they're like canvas like, bags. Yeah. Canvas Pretty fucking bags. handy. Yep. I don't know where mine went though. Mm. Who I liked knows? it. That was like a move ago. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of canvas bags, darkwindowspod.com. Go over and check it out. We've got links to all of our stuff there, including our Age of Radio page, where you can go and listen to every episode of this shit show that we've put up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go listen to all the other shows in the Age of Radio family, including our buddies at Mysterious Circumstances, Justin, and the girls over at at uh, Color Me Dad, Angel, and Nikki. My girl girls. <laughs> Her lady crushes. Yeah. And Kevin's man crush, Justin. Whatever. <laughs> he just thinks he has pretty eyes, that's all. No, um, I just think he cracks a beer good. And you'll you'll <laughs> find some. <laughs> that's for you, Justin. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll find something for everybody over there, no matter what you're trying to find. Um, and also on our uh, on our website, you'll find links to all of our social media stuff. Mm-hmm. You'll find a link to Studio, so you can go buy some sweet, sweet fucking headphones. And... Uh, and if you yeah. haven't joined, uh, join the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah join yeah. that. Because guess what? We're having we're having some fun over there. And yeah. uh, you know, because every every so often you get somebody make a comment like you know, oh this certain particular one. You know who you are. He made a comment. You put a little thing on there about you know a ritual that was supposed to happen. And I was like, hey, listen, next time you let me know. And I'll just perform the ritual for you. Also, uh, <laughs> special thanks to Katarina Kegel, who made our awesome fucking centerpiece for the studio, which added to the creepy shit that we, we did tonight. We will have to take a spoopy picture yeah. and we'll yeah. put it on the Facebook page. Because we literally recorded all of this episode, like, for the, the scary story part of it, with nothing but that and my computer monitors going, and it was and dark as balls candle. in here. Because he, you can't, he can't record or do anything in here without a camera. Gotta have, gotta have some smell. Well, you could also, <laughs> you could also see the lights from the, you know, the monitors. But you know, nothing you can do about that. As, as yeah. my father would say, darker than a coal miner's ass. <laughs> sure. So it, yeah, it was, and we got the, you know, this, this is one of the darkest rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. Like when there's nothing going on, like there's no lights or anything. This is fucking dark in here. Tis. So it is. Tis dark. Yeah. Tis but the dark. But, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what we got for this week. And we'll be back in November at this point. Yeehaw! We're still trying to figure out what's going on. But we're going to have a true crime. I promise. Uh, I've got one I'm 
getting ready to start on, so. Hey, we're going to have something else, too. Because we haven't know. done true crime in fucking a, a minute. It's been yeah, a minute. It's been a Well, I mean, we sort of kind of did true crime a little bit with, uh, you know, Salem Witch. But that was, no, that's that history. True crime. That's history. It's not true crime. It's history. Mm-hmm. All right. What, well, that's, well, okay. It's explain historical me, true crime. Explain to me one actual crime that was committed by any of those people that were executed. Well, they were executed for being witches. Did they commit a crime? No, no they did not. The crime. Therefore, they were, t- they, were conf- they were they were told to confess. They were falsely accused and mm-hmm. executed for it. Therefore, not a crime. Well, nobody did anything illegal except for the dickheads that killed him. Yes, that's true. And since they worked for the church slash state, they're allowed to kill people. They still do it. <laughs> so anyway, you know. <laughs> well, that said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. 